AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The west coast of the U.S. continues to get pounded by storms. Flooding is severe and there is more rain on the way. We will get an update to that. Let's also get an update from the used machinery market. Get set for some of the challenges the 118th Congress faces to get the people's business done in the next two years. Live from the sunrise of this week's coverage via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we begin with a conversation with Machinery Pete, Greg Peterson. Then it's Tom Sell from Combest Sell and Associates. And right after the news, Brett Waltz from BAM WX with a weather update. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Hey, let's start off with a big shout out to SDSU. Jackrabbits got it done. Hey, they got it uh, done, did they? Yep. Victory over NDSU to win the FCS Division One National Football Championship. Did it decisively, too. 45-21. to 21. That was on uh, Saturday, I believe. And then, no, it was yesterday. Yesterday. And then TCU and Georgia are squaring off tonight in the FBS Championship game. So, Last college football game of the season, Davis. That's uh, that's disappointing to a lot of people out there. Maybe SDS, not you. SDSU, NDSU to take the FCS, TSU to take on GA for the what? TCU. I don't know. That's so TCU. many. TCU. Yeah. TCU taking on GA. Right. For the S. Is it SEC? No. Championship? No, no that would be for the FBS championship. F- for the FBI. Yeah. Now, is the CIA involved in this somehow? Do we know? Have we well, checked? if they are, they're keeping it on the DL. What about USMCA? Is there a connection there? There is, is there a not? meeting between AMLO. <laughs> <laughs> there is! AMLO, Biden, <laughs> and Wow, that went further than I ever thought it would. Sure did. <laughs> I got a whole post-it note with just letters written on it. Somebody's going to find this and be like, this is where the gold is. He knows where the gold is. <laughs> Somebody, we need a cipher. <laughs> Davis, my friend, how are yeah, you, buddy. buddy? Super fantastic. It's, you know, our first full work week together you and me since yeah. i don't know when i think the first week long of december time. isn't it yeah yeah it's been i'm a looking very forward to it baby right right i am too and we're going to get a little extra work done because of course next monday is martin luther king jr day and the markets oh. will be closed so yeah okay we'll, we'll get that show ready this week too it's like it's it's like overtime this week bud i love it i love every nice. second of it let's get to the news well chip the house of representatives today under the leadership of finally elected Speaker Kevin McCarthy, begins debating a plan for increasing oil and gas production as part of a drawdown of resources in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It would also sunset the Select Committee on the Climate Crisis created by Democrats. Meanwhile, the Energy Department would be barred from drawing down and selling petroleum products from the SPR 
to any entity connected to the Chinese Communist Party. So day Keep one, it- we're looking at uh, we're looking at petroleum. Right, and and keep in mind, anything that the House passes also has to go through the Senate. Right. And that's that's where a lot of the conflict is going to kick in in the 118th. Well, President Biden will be in Mexico City today to meet with Mexican President Obrador and Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau. Biden is expected to focus on immigration, security, and regional supply chain problems, issues on which the U.S. and Mexico have had some differing views. Also of note, Mexico's president said the GMO corn trade issue will be on the agenda. Thousands of people stormed Brazil's government buildings yesterday in the capital, Brasilia. More than 400 were arrested. These were supporters of far-right ex-president Bolsonaro. The attack came one week after his successor was inaugurated. Bolsonaro denounced his supporters' actions on Sunday, and his office previously said it would cooperate with the transition of power although he has not explicitly conceded. This has been a big blow-up. This is something that we're going to have to watch closely and see if it creates any interruptions in in Brazilian business. Well, Deere and Company said yesterday that its machines can now be repaired by individuals or independent shops. After being accused of making it too costly for farmers to make fixes on their own, this is the latest example of the growing popularity of the right-to-repair movement. Chip, this is kind of a big deal. Oh, it is. It's something that the Farm Bureau has been working at, and there's now a member, uh, a memo, excuse me, a memo of understanding between Deer and Farm Bureau to allow this to happen. Well, officials and analysts who met this weekend in New Orleans warned of trouble ahead as the global economy enters a new era of higher interest rates, growing geopolitical strife, and rising uncertainty. At the conference, London School of Economics' Ricardo Reese told MarketWatch, the Federal Reserve is likely to raise interest rates more than the markets now expect. Several California communities are bracing for another round of likely flooding and power outages today. More than 34 million people were under flood watches across much of California Sunday night, while more than 30 million were under moderate risks for excessive rainfall. About 28 million people across the West Coast are also under wind alerts. And get this, Chip, a startup in California is trying to manipulate the climate by sending particles high into the atmosphere, trying to reflect sunlight and cool the Earth. The first experiment was last year, and there are more tests planned this month. The idea of stratospheric solar geoengineering has been around for years, but is considered a last resort. And finally, travelers begin to fly in and out of mainland China on Sunday. Chip. All right, Davis, thank you very much. Let's bring in Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com, meteorologist. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Chip. How are you doing? Doing real fine, real fine. Much better than the people out on the West Coast. What is going on? Yeah, it's this atmospheric river. Just the Pacific jet stream has extended basically all the way across the Pacific and is uh, basically just hitting the, the coast of California over and over and over. And it looks like it's going to continue here over the next seven to 10 days. Some areas have picked up more than a foot of rain, a couple of areas, more than two feet of rain over the past 10 days. San Francisco, one of their wettest periods ever. And, and frankly, just over the next week, we've got multiple rounds of moisture today, another one tomorrow, another one on Wednesday. It's just over and over and over. Uh, and, you know, some areas may get another three to six inches of rain. And let's not forget about the uh, the mountains there, maybe yeah. uh, nine, ten feet of snow possible. Oh, my goodness. You, you know, in so many ways, it, it's relief because they've got to restock their water reserves. 
yeah. but at the same time to do it in this fashion is is devastating with the loss of life and everything that that is happening um you know boy yeah. prayers out to them that they can handle it uh, are these storms going to make it into the midwest what's the outlook for the middle of the country so we do have a storm system that we're going to be watching later on into this week. The, the core of the moisture is going to stay west. And I actually think the central U.S. following, you know, the system that moved through last week is going to be a little bit less active this week. But I am keeping an eye on a storm system for parts of the Midwest, the Ohio Valley from, uh, say, northern Missouri, Iowa, Illinois into Indiana as we work into Thursday. Uh, that is the system to watch could potentially produce some winter weather. Uh, I would say the best threat for that would be, let's say, northern Illinois, eastern Iowa, uh, maybe northern Missouri. There's still some time to sort out some of the details. Further off to the east, I think it's probably going to be more rain, maybe some backside snow. Okay. Temperature trend looks to be not as cold as normal, correct? Yeah, it's going to stay warm. Uh, really, the next okay. 10 to 15 days, I think the pattern stays warmer than normal. Uh, not going to feel like January for most of the country. Well, I'm not going to fight that too hard. Brett, thank you so much for the update, my yep. friend. We'll talk thank to you, you later. Thank you. That's Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com. We got Machine Repeat next year on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Davis Michelson, it is test time. Yes? Yes. Test time? Test. Oh, test, test time. time. Okay. Yes. Let's do it. What do you got? And, and the reason that I say that is because... This used machinery market was so hot leading up to the end of 2022. Mm -hmm. and we figured it was because there was plenty of calendar year buying going on and, and getting ready for, uh, you know, some of the growers were cutting their tax bills by making an investment in their operation for the mm -hmm. years ahead by mm -hmm. buying some used equipment. Now, now. It, it, it created a very dynamic, very strong market and, this is the time that we're going to test whether or not it's going to continue. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a test. I was waiting no. for the question. No. Sorry. No. That Sorry. was all a setup for a conversation with Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Greg, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. I apologize for 
giving the test here on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Exactly. <clears throat> that's what I'm thinking. It's like first thing on Monday morning and we're getting a test. <laughs> now that sound effect, man, was that, what game show was that from? That sounded like a, it's like gong show or $100,000 pyramid or. Uh, price is <laughs> Try right. again, please. Oh, price, price is right. There you yep. go. Yep. Uh, I think we're, sa- I think we're saving the prices right stuff for you. Very specifically for you. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. That's awesome. All right. So there's the big question. What kind of evidence did you collect in the first week of auctions that yeah. might tell us whether or not the the hot market is going to continue? Yeah, you set that up great, Chip. I mean, I was really interested to see, and I was last year, too, when the calendar flipped. Uh, I, I expected last year there to be a little bit of a back off, catch your catch your breath type thing. And we didn't see it last year. And it looks like we're not seeing it this year, either based on three auctions last week. Uh, let's start Thursday in uh, Fowler, Indiana. Our good friends at Schrader Real Estate and Auction Company had the retirement auction for Gary and Susan Gross. Really nice line, sharp line of equipment. Okay. If you maybe saw the blog I posted folks yep. on this one, you saw how nice it was, but just a couple of examples. They had a 2007 John Deere 8430 tractor, 1973 hours. So you know, you've got a pre-def, pre-tier four, under 2,000 hour. It's hard to find those 30 series tractors. And it brought 215,000 bucks. And when you look in our data, that's the highest auction price ever on a 1,800 plus hour 8430. And in fact, it's the fourth highest auction price ever on an 8430. Okay. So that was one. Then we went down the line. They had an 8330, an 06 model, 3,618 hours at 179, second highest price ever on an 8330 with over 3,600 hours. And then how about this one, an 82 model, 4,640, okay. 6,521 hours. Uh, I probably should have called 2022 the year of the 4,640. Yeah. Uh, because at 42K, that's the tide for the sixth highest ever, but uh, what got me, guys, is that I looked in our machine repeat uh, auction price data, which, again, it's free. Just hop in there, check it out, folks. But 16 of the 18 highest auction prices ever on 4640s have come in the last 18 months. And I think I've seen 13 or 1,400 of them the last 23 years, probably pushing 1,800 of them the last 33 years. So 16 of 18, just nuts. Yeah. But and again, I just go down the line on that sale uh, Thursday. So there was a seat tender that I wrote about this weekend. It was a 19 model JNM 390 LC. And of course, I mean, you, you can't get a new seat tender. They're sold out. Right. Used one, used inventories pinched, like we keep talking about. Well, anyway, this one brought 46K. That's the fourth highest auction price ever. But here again, if you go to machinerepeat.com and just click on seed tender auction prices, Six of the seven highest prices ever have come since December eighth. Yeah, it, so it, 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 you were right. it was it was that kind of stuff at the end of twenty twenty two that made us right. that at least had me thinking. Okay, it's not just tractors; it's everything yeah, that is on fire. Right. So it's got to be some tax related stuff going on here. But here we yep. are; we started off strong. Yeah, and again, what what gets lost in this is you can't snap your fingers and make there be either a lot yep. more available new equipment or the amount of used equipment we're used to from, you know, our history on the dealer lot. And that's just not there anymore. So that's why we're seeing these continued high prices. Yeah. It's fascinating. Fascinating. Um, it, you know, you've got a fourth highest price in there. You've got a sixth highest auction price ever. 
that might make you think that it's starting to cool off and maybe top out a bit, but I think it's way too early to make that call this year. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, the one thing I think I pointed out last week when we talked, guys, uh, I had been seeing the last two and a half weeks of December a little bit of softening on the late model use combines. Okay. Uh, now, it was interesting there because the day before our sale we just talked about, there was a sale in Grand Rapids, Ohio last Wednesday. Uh, Wayland okay. Realty and Auction had this sale. It was for Obermeyer Enterprises Farm Retirement Sale. Again, Grand Rapids, Ohio. And they had a 2020 John Deere S770 with 557 engine hours. That sold for 415. So that, you know, that did all right. Um, But here again, the the tractor market is so on fire. They had a 2017 Case IH Maximum 150, no loader on it, just the tractor, 1,277 uh, hours on it. That brought 112,000, second highest auction price ever. And we shouldn't forget sprayers. Uh, good right. condition, older sprayers have been hot. So they had a 2013 Apache AS720, a little smaller rig, 1,217 hours that went for 104. And again, from a data perspective, that's the third highest auction price ever. But again, 1,217 hours at 104, that's the highest auction price ever on a AS720 with over 700 hours. Okay. So market's pretty hot there. And on the combine side, uh, there was another sale. Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. It was actually the, the Thursday sale. We just didn't talk about it yet. Okay. The one in Fowler, Indiana. They had a 14 model John Deere S660. So it's now it's nine years old and it's that little smaller, you know, class of combine S660. 1391 engine hours at 200K. That's the second highest I've ever seen on an S660 with over 1100 engine hours. But again, that's just a little bit older. Yep. So that's, those are still hot. The newer ones, a little softer. Okay. If you can call for, I mean, how yeah. ridiculous is that? We're calling 415 K soft. That's nuts. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and the other thing that we talked about a lot a year ago or in 2022 was the influence of the online buyers. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously that's still at play. It's not like we're, we're seeing a lack of buyers at any of these auctions because of the online aspect. Yeah. It, there's, there's no going back. It's full steam ahead. Yeah. It's, it's whatever you're selling. If you're a dealer, if you're selling private, if it's an auction, the job is to get eyeballs. And yep. a perfect example of that uh, Saturday night, uh, my friends down in North Carolina and Virginia, rich and rich auctioneers had a, okay. I think they called it the Eastern seaboard online consignment auction, which was interesting to me to see the different types of equipment, but they had a tractor, very nice uh, Case H Magnum 275 with low hours, 1,460 hours. And again, now I've been doing this 33 years. It used to be, okay, here's a nice tractor, but that's coming out of the South on a consignment auction and the price would be softer. Well, this one wasn't softer. It sold for 166500 bucks. That's a record price. And in fact, 9500 over the previous record. So mm. Just like you said, Chip, the online buyers find it. It doesn't matter that it's in Southern Virginia or an online auction, a consignment auction. That's just like, ooh, that's what yeah. I need. There it is. And by the way, I checked. Uh, there aren't that many Magnum 275s for sale at machinerypeat.com. It's, again, it's that pre-def, preacher four, older models, and that's that pinched used market playing into these rising auction prices. Yeah. And, and the consignment auction discount is gone. 
on the good stuff. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might still, there might still be a slight difference on the average to rough condition stuff versus a sure. farm auction, but the premium good stuff like that Magnum 275, there's no difference price wise. Yeah, and if you if you would take the time, make a little video to go along with that listing that explains oh, how that oh. machine was used, it, it can make a world of difference. It can turn that that Magnum two seventy five into a record price. It's just money in your pocket when you tell the story about yeah. what you're selling. I think we're on the forefront of that. I've been preaching it for years with our machinery P company. We're going to be pushing that front to try and help sellers. Uh, yeah, tell the story on what you're selling. Exactly. What are you watching this week? Uh, it's a little slow, honestly, for yep. auctions, but, uh, you know, January always is a little bit of that catch your breath. Um, so our friends, a big iron, of course, the big sale every Wednesday, they have a ton of great equipment we're watching there. I'm going to be going out to visit with those folks. I'll be out in Nebraska on Wednesday talking to their team. And, um, so yeah, watching that one and a few others around the country. So just, uh, stay tuned folks. We'll have some good stuff. We'll find out there for you. Outstanding. Outstanding. I'm going to be in Nebraska on Wednesday too. There you the go. Northeast uh, Nebraska Farm and Equipment Show. Well, that's a great show. And uh, they're in Norfolk. I wish that you'll have a good time. I'm sure I will. Greg, thanks, my friend. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds great, guys. See you. All right. Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Okay. 118th Congress up and running. What should we expect? Tom Sell, Tom Best Selling Associates, next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. ProFarmer editor Brian Grady joins us now. Normally we would go straight to the grain markets, but we've got plus signs in the livestock market and most hog contracts today. So let's start there. What's going on? Well, a lot of it, Chip, is is outside markets. Uh, they're trending price friendly here to kick off the week, and, and uh, so we're getting some uh, corrective buying in the uh, the cattle and hog markets. Uh, you know, the stock market is trading to the upside; the dollar sharply lower. Uh, most commodities, in, including crude oil, are, are trading solidly to the upside, and, and so that outside market influence is definitely helping. Uh, the other factor is that uh, you know the hog market's just been beaten up here. Uh, yeah. Last week it, it took a beating, and, and we're still seeing the February contract trade a little bit to the downside because of the the cash index continues to trend lower uh but those deferred contracts are seeing corrective buying there as is the uh cattle market this morning can, can we see a higher uh cash cattle market this week well uh last week's numbers through friday were about steady i, I think we will see higher cash trade this week okay. all right very good take us over to the grain trade wheat leading the way 
Yeah, influence, uh, like the livestock markets, a lot of the influence is coming from those outside markets and, and just, a, you know, kind of a general risk on day here to kick off the week. And, and so that's supporting uh, some corrective buying in wheat. Um, you know, wheat's much like uh, what the hog market was where it just got yeah. beat up last week. So uh, corrective buying there uh, leading the way to the upside. But, you know, really across the grain and soy markets, we've seen uh, pretty two-sided trade, uh, both through overnight trade and, and early this morning. It's just starting to trend firmer here at mid-morning yeah soy complex we've got soybean meal moving to the downside soybean oil moving to the upside obviously something that we need to keep track of through the course of the week brian thanks buddy we'll talk to you again tomorrow that is pro farmer editor brian grady on markets now Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. AgriTalk. What more do you need to know? When I hear that cold howl. It's not that bad out there right now. The cold wind isn't really howling here in the Midwest. We've got things under control. It's out on the West Coast that they're really struggling with the weather. Uh, and here we are, start of a new Congress. Expectations are, I don't know if they're high or mixed or chaotic, but let's figure it out. Tom Sell, Combest Sell and Associates, joins us right now. Tom, Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Happy New Year, Chip. Uh, I'm always full of high expectations, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Excellent, excellent. So, it was quite the show they put on as they went through the effort to elect Speaker McCarthy to the the Speaker of the House. What did you learn from from that whole process? Well, um, I, you know, I'm a I'm an I'm a nerd. I, I, I worked in Congress. I love I love it when members are actually together hashing yep. through things. I think that's a healthy exercise. It's one that has not been had for the past for the past couple of years, you know, through proxy voting and just the, the the COVID protocols that were adopted by Speaker Pelosi, the previous speaker, you know, members just weren't together. Right. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy for our republic, in my opinion. Um, so I was glad, even though it was really messy, we, we just always got to remember uh, our U.S. Congress, our system of checks and balances in our U.S. government are designed to be messy. You know, it's not designed for efficiency. In fact, it's designed to protect our liberties through and, and our points of view, our differing points of view, by making it just full of, of conflict. D.C. has always been designed to be this kind of crucible where different ideas are thrown into a melting pot. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a messy um, yeah. uh, process. So I, I loved it from that aspect. I, I think we didn't really learn anything new, but it, is, it should be apparent to all that um, with a very narrow Republican majority, bills like a farm bill are just going to have to be bipartisan. I mean, there is no way to get, you know, Democrats are pretty good at getting all of their members to line up. Republicans are never good at that, never have been, never will be, largely because they're conservatives. And, and the status quo is always as good as or better than uh, some kind of progressive change. And so uh, it's just hard to get the Republicans together. Farm bills have always been bipartisan. I think I think the annex of the last few days uh, with that kind of small minority that was able to drag this out for days 
Yeah. And again, I, I'm not displeased with the process. I think it's healthy having members together. But what we should have learned is that like bills like a farm bill, really any major uh, consequential bills out of the Congress are going to have to be bipartisan over these next two years, which is not yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Tom, wasn't Pelosi's uh, former speaker, Nancy Pelosi's effectiveness, and she was very effective as a speaker, but Incredible. wasn't that due in part to the rules of the House and how it did business? And now those rules are being changed. And and effectively, the the old rules kind of protected Pelosi in a way, didn't they? She was, uh, you know, history books will be written about the way that Nancy Pelosi yeah. uh, governed her caucus within the U.S. House with the majority, accomplished a lot of big things with an incredible number, you know, an unprecedented number of unanimous votes from her caucus. Right. Um, some will comment on that and think that, that's an amazing work. Others will say that's that, that's unhealthy. Probably depends on your point of view. But, uh, but you know, and she was even in the rulemaking process, the rules that each Congress adopts for how bills uh, shall come before the Rules Committee and other things, uh, even in that, she did, um, she, uh, or that caucus did adopt uh, some very, uh, some rules that made the speaker a very powerful speakership. Yeah. Um, I think even in what Kevin McCarthy agreed to uh, here in the, in the opening days, he is not going to have as powerful of a speakership. Uh, he has ceded more power to the members of his caucus to hold him accountable and those kinds of things. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a right. different thing. Um, uh, but obviously it'll be, uh, he's, he's got a big challenge to work through. Um, okay. Okay. Um, so the freedom caucus, uh, yeah. that, that battled McCarthy's election and negotiated so aggressively with him. How is that going to affect the farm bill debate? You know, generally, uh, those that, that were in opposition to Kevin McCarthy are kind of the ultra conservatives. And, and I would say that not the most thoughtful members of Congress, uh, they tend to just rail against everything. Uh, of course, we just need to all keep in mind the easiest thing to do if you're a member of Congress is just to say no and gripe right. and throw bombs, throw grenades. And that's kind of what this small group, and it's, it's not all the Freedom Caucus, it's a few of their uh, more megalomaniac type of members, kind of egotistical, who love to see themselves in the press. Um, sorry, I'm being kind of hard there, but it's just they're not known as members who who work well with other members in a body. And, and so... Uh, you know, they serve their role. They they are kind of uh, uh, wingers and they 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 wanted to make a point and they were able to get some concessions. Um, and but but they don't represent the the Freedom Caucus or the most conservative uh, groups as a whole. They you know, I think that 20 or some portion of that 20 are kind of the narrow, a narrow group that you'll have to work with. But yeah. think about it in this Congress, any group like that uh, can make a stand. Right. Um, and hold out their votes, and so um, that's it's going to take some real talent on on uh, on well, Speaker McCarthy's part. Yeah, you, and for you, the Farm Bureau, I I don't think it. I think it just means that you have to go bipartisan. It means yeah. uh, if you're relying on getting a you know all of the all of 100 percent of the of the Republican votes, there's just there's just no way to get there. Okay. And so it may simplify things in the end by just uh, helping GT Thompson and others realize we're going to have to piece together. Uh, a bipartisan majority, which is the way that every successful farm bill has been done uh, in, in recent history. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the announcement from Senate Ag Committee Chairwoman 
Debbie Stabenow that she will not be running for re-election in 2024. And I realize that's a year past the deadline for a new farm bill. But will that influence the odds that a new farm bill will get done by the end of September this year? Yeah, well, I think Chairwoman Stabenow, and you got to give her a lot of credit. She's been a, a super and, and dynamic leader on behalf of agriculture, a great spokesperson for all of agriculture. Um, and, you know, I, I think she she announced in her in even in her press release, uh, you know, stated effectively that she wanted to make this a legacy issue. She wanted to finish one more farm bill, provide the leadership needed as chairwoman of the Senate Ag Committee. And that's great. And and every member who has worked with her or worked alongside with her respects and, and has 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 admired the way that she's gone about her business. I think it actually probably bodes well, just like you saw uh, uh Chairman Leahy of the Senate Appropriations Committee want to press for kind of a legacy bill at the end of the year with the omnibus appropriations bill. Yep. There's a lot of you know senators who will want to, out of respect for Senator Stabenow, want to help her get to this point of getting one more farm bill done. And I think all the tools and pieces are there. So I, I'm actually I, I may be in the minority, but I'm kind of optimistic about about the uh, farm bill moving on a on a on a pretty normal and and uh and strong pace here in 2023 with even potential completion this year okay yeah i was just going to ask how do you see it playing out uh what's going to be the most hotly contested issue in the farm bill well i think the big issue is title one you know what do we need in a safety net and and we got to keep in mind chip that we've done all this ad hoc assistance through yeah the market facilitation program through cfap uh, a lot of those were to address what would be considered kind of holes in the safety net uh, for the the farm families. On top of that, we've done ad hoc disaster relief for weather-related disasters. So on top of crop insurance, we've stacked up these uh, WIP, WIP Plus, ERP programs. The question is, how can we do that better? In fact, Title One, that's the only portion of the farm bill that really expires. Uh, and that you have to get done, that we're kind of under the gun to get done uh, in advance of the 2024 crop year. And that's where I think most of the attention is going to be focused. You know, let's face it, the conservation title is kind of flush um, yeah. uh, through the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act. It got $20 billion in new money, uh, which uh, can be reprogrammed through EQIP and CSP and, and RCPP, the other good programs in the conservation title. The nutrition title is... Uh, uh, you know, flush. Uh, the, the, yeah. Even by by leg- by administrative fiat, the Biden administration has increased the benefits uh, within the food stamp program by some twenty five percent. So when you look at the farm bill, and you look where is the real need. Uh, that that need is going to be in Title One. Title One or or kind of the farm safety net always tends to be the driver of of farm bill politics anyway. So where where that kind of need and the driver are married up, that's where I think there's going to be a lot of motivation this year to 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 move forward. And in fact, I think the case will be made. You know, we can, we should do better than this ad hoc assistance that we've been doing. Yes. And you can actually save taxpayers money yes. if you budget up front and build policy that is responsible, that is that is fair and and, and balanced. You can do a better job of standing by the farmer, and you can do better by the taxpayer. If you if you write policy in a strong farm bill rather than relying on ad hoc right. kind of clean up assistance at the end of the year. Right. And if you get it done this year, you get away from some of the funding questions that might come along with capping 2024 at 2022 fiscal year levels. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there is going to be, I think in this Republican Congress, there's going to be increased scrutiny on spending, uh, particularly this kind of reckless yep. throw it together type of spending. And so I think that actually bodes well for for budgeting some money up front uh, and and avoiding a lot of those programs, just like uh, problems, just like you mentioned, Chip. So, um, I, like I said, I, I, I tend to be, uh, um, you know, kind of rose colored glasses at times. But I really think this this setup is a is a good one for the farm bill going into 2023. Excellent, excellent, Tom. Thank you so much for your take on what's going on. Uh, we'll be leaning on you a little bit in 2023 as they debate and negotiate. There, all right. I love it, Chip. I appreciate all that y'all do, and wish you the best of New Year's. Excellent, thank you, sir. That's Tom Sell, Combest Sell, and Associates. Davis and I will be back to wrap up this week's first hour of AgriTalk in a moment. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. If the world is your oyster... We've got pearls of wisdom on Agritalk. And welcome back to Agritalk, everyone. Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory looks on. Um, happy Monday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad to have you here with us in uh, in 2023. Chip, it just keeps going. Time just yeah. keeps ticking away. It you know does. what I mean? It just it keeps does. going. Ah. Absolutely. My watch stopped. I thought maybe... There's a chance, you know, it's still 1987. Nah, no, nope. still 2023. It was just a broken watch. <laughs> Didn't help. Machinery Pete, uh, speaking of the passage of time, we flipped the calendar and there was, I don't know, maybe a mild level of expectation that some of the machinery values would back off. Some of the demand would back off. Tax time is over. Now we're into let's not spend any money mode for a little while doesn't appear to be the case no and i think the availability the low availability of some of the equipment especially that seed tender that that he was talking about yeah uh if you can't get them new and and you need one well then it's time to go out and buy one and and get it from from wherever and basically for whatever price it's time to go out and get one so um it's it's the availability issue now that I think is really is 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 going to be one of the driving factors here going forward. Mm-hmm. And as Greg said, it's kind of a quiet week. Okay, so anything that does come up for auction is going to get that many more eyeballs on it. 
That's a good thought. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you all right? Did you fall down? Yeah. Oh, no. okay. Oh, I <laughs> thought you fell down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Very good. Well, moving on. Moving on. Tom Sell, Convest Sell and Associates. Great conversation there. Yeah. And I got to tell you, um, America, just doggone it, America. We, yeah. we made much ado about the, was it 15 votes, right? Mm-hmm. That it wound up being to, uh, to, to select a House Speaker. Kevin McCarthy, of course, finally got the vote. It was not an easy process. No. But I loved what Tom had to say about it being healthy when the congressional members are together hashing it out. You know, I didn't even think about this, but is this is the first time that we've done this since COVID. Mm-hmm. And everybody's everybody's back at their little desk thingies Station. there. You know, yep. they're they're all they're all together and able to talk these things out with their faces. Yep. I maybe we shouldn't be surprised that it was a little rocky. Well, you know, I think all of us started to come around to what the process was showing us uh, mm-hmm. Friday morning. Uh, the conversation between you, Haney, and me on the free for all yep. about okay, yeah, some are calling it chaotic. Um, it 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 does appear to be a bit of a circus, but what are we learning at the circus? Mm-hmm. Is is what we started to ask, and what we learned is that a lot of the provisions that were in the rules were there for emergency, quote-unquote, emergency purposes because of COVID, and it was time to get rid of them. Yep. Uh, and getting rid of proxy voting, oh, thank God for that. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy that that is happening. Uh, there's, there's a lo- there are other issues in what will be the rulemaking that I think are – are going to be welcome and mm-hmm. needed and needed to get the house and Congress as a whole back to uh, voting and debating issues as, as intended. Okay. So, when we spoke to uh, representative GT Thompson on, was that Thursday? Well, we talked on Friday Thursday it was, and it aired it? on yeah. Friday. Yeah. Uh, aired on Friday. Um, he was medium confident, I would say, maybe medium to moderately confident, that a farm bill could be passed sometime around September. Uh, Cell was medium confident that we could get something done this year uh, as well, despite what we just talked about. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 uh, the stew that's going on over there, the constant stirring that uh, we're at risk of seeing. Yeah. This morning on Signal to Noise, Jim and I were talking about that and and the odds and 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 Tom just kind of built the same case that that we were talking about. But one of the one of the listeners of uh, of Signal to Noise, Gary Rasmussen, commented right at the end, and we did not get a chance to to get it on the air. But I think it was a good point, um, Chairman Chairwoman. Debbie Stabenow's mother is alive. She's, I, I think she's like 96 years old, something like that. And I, it looks like the reason that uh, Chairwoman Stabenow it, is looking to spend more time at home is to be with her mother. 
I the the point that Gary made, and it's in it's an interesting point, and it's a very strategic point on Stabenow's point is is that um, she may look to finish up the farm bill as quickly as possible, mm. not wait for the elections, okay, not wait for the elections, but go ahead and step aside. That way, Whitaker can appoint somebody. To, to replace her and give them some kind of a running start into that 2024 huh. Senate election. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I thought it was too. And that connects a lot of dots. It does. He, he did a nice yep. job on that. I mean, yeah. she hasn't said that, and there's, there's no sure. indication of it We're for sure. But it yeah. does connect yeah. dots. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, I love that. Uh, I love the Tom Self going back to his comments. You know, th- just the idea that the running this nation is not meant to be a layup. The system is built to be complex and difficult for someone to just sort of ramrod something through. Right. And in that way, what was demonstrated last week is that the system actually maybe works as it was designed, which is great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to watch the whole thing. I watched the final yep. vote and was fascinated. Did you? Yeah. by the whole thing and, and how it went down. It, uh, it was a good learning experience. Like like we said on Friday, we were watching history. Right. It was yep. history being made. So, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Hey, thanks for listening this morning. Thanks to Greg and to Tom for being on the show. Come back this afternoon. Scott Davis, Bullpen Trading, right here on Agritalk.